Hey guys, Future Mark here. I just wanted to give you a quick heads up about some obstacles that we ran into with the recordings this time around. Uh, we ended up losing uh, DBN about halfway through this episode and he rejoined. And unfortunately, that meant that we lost his uh, sort of exclusive line of audio for the second half of the episode. What that means is, is we had to recover it from our MP4, and that recovery combined all of our pieces of audio together instead of giving us separate tracks. What that means for you is the listener is there's a little bit of a, sort of a staticky and tingy sound throughout the audio. I've tried to isolate as much of the noise as I could and remove it to the best of my ability uh, from this episode, but there's just a limit to how much we could remove as I wasn't able to isolate it on just one of the audio lines uh, because all of them kind of got squished together this episode. So next episode, that won't be a thing that's happening, but this episode uh, it had to be because that's literally the only way we could get the episode out. So just giving you that disclaimer, the audio in this particular episode is not as high quality as what I like to put out on the on the feed or on our show. Uh, so please accept my apology uh, for that and be sure that the next episode that comes out will have a higher quality of audio. Uh, that's it from Future Mark. So uh, here is uh, here's the episode. Here's Legends Cast Season 4, Episode 14. Hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast Season 4, the starter set. I am one of your hosts, Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me today, I have my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and the practically professional co-host for this season or this uh, this series, Curry, who's with me today. Guys, it's good to be back in the studio on a Friday afternoon talking Pokemon TCG. Let's kick it to Curry first. Curry, how you doing on this uh, on this Friday, man? I am doing great, Mark. I've been um, having a lot of fun with some of the new cards they released and have just been kind of chipping away at my battle pass opening up some free packs and you know i think it's it's always nice when you flip over one of those cards and it's one of those gold secret rares or a full art card it's just a good feeling something you don't get out of every digital tcg there's some real truth to that like i opened up uh I think part of the, the the fun in the pack opening for me has been discovery because I just literally have not gone through the collection to even see what cards I could potentially get in a pack where like in almost every other TCG that I've played when a new set comes out, I know all the powerful cards, right? I know what I'm looking for in this. It's like every card that I flip is like new or whatever. There's like a ghost type Pokemon. That's an EX in this set uh, that I opened up like a variant kind of form of him uh earlier and i was like oh like this is cool uh i can't even remember what his name was i'd have to look up all all of my ghost types to see uh which one i have i guess there's not even a ghost type there's only psychic type in this right yeah ghost psychic they get grouped in together no it's not houndstone uh i'm gonna um, i'm gonna find him uh (laughs) there he is uh benetti b-a-n-e-t-t-e bennett Bennett, yeah. yeah, I got him in EX form. Uh, I cracked the pack with him in it, and I was like, "Yes, like I, that's he's really cool. Like he's breaking out of the box, and he looks super dope." So, uh, yeah, I definitely have been enjoying uh, enjoying the the pack opening process. TBN man, how are you doing on this Friday? 
no, I'm sick, but besides that, doing fine. Uh, I have been <clears throat> uh, trying to wrap my head around Pokemon uh, TCG <laughs> and and uh, to mix success. But nonetheless, I agree. The pack opening is really fun um, and has sort of led me towards like, you know, certain decks that I've actually finally started crafting cards for and stuff like that. Um, so that's been that's been an interesting experience trying to flesh that. We'll talk more about deck building and and um, crafting the cards you need to flesh out a, a list and stuff like that. Um, but you're right. Yeah, I I uh, I earlier today uh, got another level on the battle pass and pulled a full like uh, like full art uh, Arvin, uh, which is, is that one, one of the, the supporters. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the guy that that cooks the sandwiches in Pokemon Scarlet Violet, um, and uh, that was like, oh wow, that was really cool to see that full bleed artwork and and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that I it got me excited. I was like, oh man, maybe I should put this in my deck, just you know, because it's cool looking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, no, that is that is cool. I've like. I've gotten a couple, honestly, sometimes it's it's almost hard to find where my trainer cards are in my collection. I'm like, it's easy to to eliminate stuff and like get to like your Pokemon. It's, it's like scrolling through for a while trying to find, because I got like a pretty cool, uh, like full art hollow of I don't, whatever the current version of the professor is that discards your hand and draws seven cards. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I got a cool version of it and I was like, oh, okay, I want to go I'm gonna go with that in my deck because I got like the the cool full art version of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the cracking of packs and leveling up the battle pass. I will say this before we really get into conversation for today. Um, I had a I had a mixed week, just like you, DBN, in Pokemon. Um, it seemed like a lot of times I was just getting on and I would queue up, and it was either uh, Mew. Uh, or what's the variant variant with Comply? What's that uh, deck curry? The... A lot of people will call it Lost Box. Okay, yeah, a lot idea. of it's Lost just, Box you know. decks, right? <laughs> because they're just both of them are like draw through almost your entire deck on round one, and so I had some games where I was like, oh my gosh, either I'm bored because I'm playing Mew, or I'm bored because you're playing one of those two decks, and it's like, oh this first turn is endless and the game is kind of decided i did brick a lot actually this week with Mew. i think the version that i made that got rid of quick ball i didn't put the right cards in because i'm having a lot more opportunities to brick than what it was um but the other side of that is i also had some really fun games with the arcanine uh ex stack that you got given uh i just really like arcanine and so i was like I really wanted to play them. So I've been playing that deck just real casually. And honestly, I had some games that were like super close and really, really fun. Uh, and also had a lot of encounters with one of the new, I'm guessing it has to be kind of like one of the top decks, the Maraidon EX deck. It's like all electric type Pokemon. Um, and it like cheats out a lot of like electric basics. And then uh, just like, absolutely stomps you with big electric moves yeah flaffy flaffy starts pulling free electric energies yeah I yeah and then Maraiden ex itself has the ability once during your turn you may search your deck for up to two basic you know electric pokemon and put them onto your bench so you can just kind of like drop him down and go get all of your pokemon and, and fill your bench and then 
uh, it's been running this uh, version of, I don't know, uh, what's the electric dog's name? I'm so bad with card names. And especially uh, Ryko? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, and he does extra damage for everything that's on your bench and on your opponent's bench. And he just like pops off and, and he gets his own draw mechanic. It, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Uh, that deck I've played up against a lot. Yeah, the, I think all the legendary dogs do that because I pulled an Inte yeah. uh, V or whatever, which was a really beautiful, cool, fancy artwork and all this crap. Uh, and it it does that as well. Okay. I am still, like, I'm very consistently impressed with the artwork in this game. I mean, oh, it's, it is. It's gotten gorgeous. amazing. Like, I mean, you think back to, I mean, the old base set cards didn't look bad. But now a lot of, especially when you look at the V, E, X, like the big, you know, super rare cards, they're just pretty. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. There's been some, I mean, there, there are some very, very cool looking cards uh, that are in the deck. And I got a couple of the Coridon. I think I opened up two Coridon EXs, um, which has kind of been cool. And so... Uh, and I got I got like two variants this week. So I got one that's like hollow with the green background, and one that's like all gold and super speckly. I have no idea which one it is, but it's Coridon EX, and it has like it's like the one that's furthest to the right in the collection. I was all pumped because I got it. Um, so I have like <laughs> six copies of Coridon EX now. I don't know if it's any good, but I got them. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, un unfortunately, right now, Coridon is a little kind of eh. It doesn't help that it's weak Perfect. to Psychic. But yeah, I I actually got two of the variant arts for it as well. I mean, they released the, this the first time this card's ever been released, and they released four different artworks for the same card in this set. So you have the regular one, which everyone gets, I think, four copies of it for free because they give you a Coridon deck. Okay. And then just opening packs, I got the regular full art one where he's just kind of standing up and he's got the like green and yellow background. And then I got the special artwork one that's got him where he's standing in a forest and there's like a Dedenne running on a tree branch in front of him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't get that one. What I got was the 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 normal art where he's standing with that green background. And then I got mm -hmm. the the other one that's like super speckly, uh, yeah. super gold. I have no idea what that version of hollow is that they call i'm sure that it has like a name and everything but uh i think those are secret rares and it's like it, in that vein i got i got the rare candy that looks like that from this set this week oh okay so cool. i'm pretty sure every set they have either three or four cards that look like that okay well you know it would look cool in a binder if i owned it but i it, it's okay to have it here <laughs> as well it's okay to have it here as well so we've had a little bit of fun this week, collecting cards, building collections. I'll, I'll say this too. I've been impressed at how easy it is to finish the battle pass quests every week or every day. Um, I, I don't know, DBN, have you had a good experience with that? I know that Curry has been playing this for a while, so he, he's, he's probably got the decks to knock him out. But Yeah, the, um, the quests are not hard at all to knock out. In one or two games, and you, you've got those quests done. Um, the only ones that I don't really care for are the ones that want you to not surrender, uh, because that's really annoying. Sometimes you're like, okay, I I could not surrender, but it'll take me another ten minutes, uh, for this game to be wrapped up. So that that's a little that's a little annoying. But besides that, yeah, the quests are easy. 
yeah, I, I have found them to be like pretty, like I'll play one game, maybe two games. Don't even have to win those games. And I knock out my quests and I get my battle pass stuff. So that has had me logging on every day just to do my quests. And it's almost like I kind of quit playing um, Marvel Snap this month because those quests were actually kind of getting annoying to me. If I was getting quests three times a day and some of them would take a couple of games to finish, some of them, you know, if it was like a hard one, I'd win two games with a snap. It might take me four or five games to finish my quest. And I felt like I wasn't as rewarded in the battle pass really at all um, in comparison to this. And it's kind of drawn me to want to log on to this and knock out my quest each day versus how much harder it was to knock them out of Marvel Snap. And I thought Marvel Snap was easy. These are really easy to get, you know, get done. And you get to crack packs, which is just super fun. Um well, today on this episode, what we wanted to do was we wanted to go through, uh, because usually we would talk about like how to build a collection, but we did a lot of conversation around that last week, told you about going online and, and buying sort of like stacks of uh, pack codes or codes for pre-made decks. We talked about how to collect cards and build a collection using the battle pass in the game. Um, this game has a very unique way of building a collection of cards, and it's really really generous in the fact that it gives you a ton of cards just for you know setting up your account and logging in so what we wanted to do is have a little conversation instead of about how to build a collection let's talk about the decks that they actually give you and give them kind of a little bit of a rating in terms of like what we think about them because we've played most of them i think at this point a lot of them anyway and so uh, we thought we would just go through and kind of talk about them a little bit. I, I don't know what your guys' collection looks like, but for me, I'm going to, if I'm starting in the bottom right-hand corner, I have Reggie Alecki VMAX was one of the decks that I was given. Do you guys each have access to that one? Um, I actually do. I deleted that one, but I can pull the list up. <laughs> okay, okay, that's <laughs> fine. Um, I think that it's worth talking about this one and then the Maraiden EX deck as well because i think there's a lot of crossover between the cards that you actually get in reggie Alecki. they combine really well with the Maraiden ex deck if you kind of mesh those two decks together a little bit um dbn though tell us did you get a chance to play the reggie lucky vbex deck what did you think of it uh no i actually haven't tried that one yet so um i looked through all of the decks and just sort of read through the cards and stuff like that but if i'm being completely honest you know i was much more attracted to cards or not to cards but to decks where i like the actual pokemon mm. in it or i think that the the pokemon are, are interesting and reggie uh, alecki is my least favorite <laughs> reggie uh i like all of the other reggies better um and so i was like eh. poor reggie alecki yeah poor poor you're just too used to I see it up all the time in Pokemon Unite. <laughs> yeah. I, I see it. Yeah. So, I mean, to be uh, fair, know. we ignore it there too sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> um, so, no, I haven't given that one a try yet. Well, I have not played this one, but I have played against stuff like it. And, like I said, I think it really pairs well with the Maraiden EX deck that has your, uh, your electric sheep in it and, uh, and because Mariden EX or really goes well with being able to pull out some of these other electric type, I think it's really interesting that they kind of gave you two like straight up standard electric decks. It seems like a really hard push 
towards electric. I, so I haven't played Reggie Lucky, but I think that very interesting. I think that Raikou V in it is a really strong card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just like that card in this deck m- makes it, I'm not saying it makes it a good deck, but I think that that card is probably the prize card in this more than even Reggie Lucky is. Uh, although Reggie Lucky does let you do some cool things in his, uh, in his VMAX form. Curry, any yes. thoughts that you have on the Reggie Lucky deck? Uh, I think what you said about being able to combine it with the Maridon guards that you get either from tier zero or as you move up the battle pass, you get more copies of it, I believe. And mm. kind of putting those things together, it's just, it is a known strong pairing. They released a trainer card called Electric Generator in Scarlet and Violet that allows you to look at the top five cards of your deck and attach up to two basic lightning energy that you find there. Then you shuffle the other cards back in. Which seems so kind of got... crazy. Like, that card seems very strong. Yes. Energy acceleration is always good. Just st- always good. And then the Regilecki VMAX, pumping up the damage of your basic electric Pokemon. Um, Maridon, like you said, lets you go grab your two Regilecki so they're ready for you to evolve into those VMAXs on turn two. It's a lot. It can be a big consistency boost. And then you just have damage modifiers to let you go over the top of some of these high health Pokemon pretty mm-hmm. easily to snag a bunch of multi-prize knockouts and try to end a game really quick. I mean, I've seen games with these Maridon decks where you're attacking on turn one if you go second with an attack that costs you three energy. Yeah, that happened to me, and I surrendered. <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't even know that you could attack if you went second, to be honest with you. I was like, I was so surprised when it happened. I was like, you know what? This guy's hacking. He's a hacker. I'm leaving, you hacker. Uh, you, that, that's illegal. Illegal move. <laughs> so you can actually, if you can get the energy that you need, you can make an attack on turn one if you go second. Yeah, so the general rules, you cannot attack if you go first, ever. Um, well, okay, I say ever, but then there are specific Pokemon that say you can use this attack even if you go first. Oh, great. But those are okay. very, very few and far between and typically will not take you a prize card. They'll just kind of do some sort of setup effect. But okay, I think I've so... seen some of those like let you yeah. draw up to eight cards or something right. like that. You can use this on turn one, yeah. So generally, cannot attack on turn one. You cannot play a supporter card on turn one if you go first. But if you go second, you can do anything. And that's kind of meant to balance out the fact that the person who's playing first is allowed the first opportunity to evolve their Pokemon. Mm. And so it's kind of, you know, when you have the coin in Hearthstone or something, it's just meant to be a similar type of balancing mechanic. Do you think it works? Like at, at a, I'm I'm curious for all three of us. This is off topic, up talking about decks, but you get the coin flip. Is it better to choose to go first or second in this game? Because I've kind of been on the fence about it. Because being able to use a trainer card, you know, a supporter card on turn one, sometimes is really good. I think it's an interesting topic because if you ask me before rotation, it's always better to go first, just because you want that opportunity to evolve your Pokemon, and there were enough consistency item cards that you could still play going first that you'd be able to adequately set up your game plan moving into your second turn most of the time i think now a lot of times can be a little bit more high rolly i know Mm. like the card very common setup card quick ball got rotated so a lot of decks have defaulted to having to use things like battle vip pass 
which only works on your first turn. And it's yeah, that card's a, bonkers. It's a real hit or miss card. Like if you have it and you're going first in your opening hand, okay, great. But if you, I mean, I've had plenty of situations where I have a deck that's got four battle VIP pass, and then I top deck one on turn two, and I might, you know, I might as well have not drawn a card. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's it's just dead in your hand after that, unless you're something that can benefit from discarding it. Um, instead of going through each and every one of these, I think it was important to. It, look at the Reggie Alecki and the Maraidan EX decks, VMAX and EX, um, because you get them both and because they can be combined to make a pretty potent electric deck that I'm seeing running around. But out of the decks that we were given that you have played uh, DBN, which has been your favorite, like what have you really enjoyed out of the ones you've tried? Yeah, so, um, well, there's the deck that I crafted, which is not amongst these, uh, which is the one I'm the most interested in. So we'll talk about that when we get into the deck building component uh, of like building things that you don't start with. Um, I think the one that is the most uh, interesting to me uh, is the um, Soul mm -hmm. Rock Lunatone deck, because I just think it's really co cool. Um, and I just think that, uh, Soul Rock and Lunatone are just like this, you know, the, the, the dualistic components of it and, and Soul Rock being able to, uh, sit on the bench and just infinitely fuel Lunatones to, who are, who are not like, uh, rule, not rule book, but text block Pokemon. So even if they get knocked out, you're only giving up one prize, which is, you know, the, the downside to a lot of these other really strong decks. And then, you know, you have Mewtwo in it as well. And I have both. I, I haven't won with it yet, uh, but I've lost to it a couple times. And so even and even the games when I, I have lost, I think it's been because I, I uh, bricked slash um, couldn't find my soul rocks quickly enough, mm. uh, despite the fact that the deck is heavily tuned to be able to find them. So it's very it, it was not good luck. It was uh, or, or not a, probably not an indication of what it would normally be. But I think that deck is just really cool. And quite frankly, I'm pretty sure it's not like top tier good. Uh, Curry, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it it's probably not that good. But there, I've been more interested in decks like this, and even before the rotation when we first started playing with it, like the Malamar Rapid Strike deck mm. <clears throat> seemed really really cool to me. Um, and I tried to play with that, but it was just impaled in comparison to what all these other decks could do. And the it, and it has been. These types of decks and these types of synergies are the things that are keeping me interested in the game. Because if I'm being honest, these top tier wombo combo things turn me off of the game. But then these sort of like not V Max EX superstar crap like that effects um, are like, oh, this is really interesting. There's some give and take here. You have to do a little bit of setting up, but for a nice synergy, synergistic, you know, um, approach. And I, I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I just find myself drawn to that. Now, that being said, I also played uh, Coridon, which I know is apparently not that good, but I won a lot with it. So oh, that's cool. And it has Lucario uh, in it, which is so cool. Like, you get to play Lucario, <laughs> so. Yeah, I think what I really enjoyed about it is that it solves the uh, the energy problem that... Mm. I'm having with a lot of the other decks I've been playing. And Coridon, you know, being a basic Pokemon um, that can use its ability uh, just the same as, I think, Zacian in the last rotation, 
can use it as an in, in lieu of an attack. You can use its ability, even if it's on your bench, uh, and start fueling your, um, you know, fueling your energy requirements. And the fact that there's all these cards in the in the game that are like discard cards to search your deck and to tutor things out. And you can start discarding the energies instead because Karidon, you should be discarding the energies instead because Karidon's just going to go fetch them for not just himself, but for anything. So from a perspective of I'm just starting out and I'm only playing the starter decks, this one made a lot of sense to me. Mm. This one also, the, the combos felt uh, and, and the, um, you know, the tutoring balance and everything felt appropriate. Um, and I, the you know, the, I'm not the biggest Lucario fan. It's just okay. Uh, I think he's one of the most overrated Pokemon in the Pokemon universe. But that being said, <laughs> I did appreciate uh, the cards themselves because both of the Lucarios that you get are different and they do different things, and which is just really, really interesting. So I kind of like these guys uh, that you could sort of slap some energy on and pull them in from the back uh, to sort of finish off, you know, uh, damaged you know v stars or whatever the crap they're called um even though they're just a regular you know non blinged out pokemon so i thought that was great also uh the pickaxe is really cool uh similar to like the um uh the energy charger thing for the electric these um i think that these basic energy cards that allow you to fuel that uh are really interesting and unfortunately is part of the problem the lack of these is part of the problem i'm having with the deck that i really want to play uh mm. and that i'm trying to figure out um so yeah i like the karaidon one and the lunatone soul rock ones those were my favorites it does seem like it like the decks that are good have the ability and we'll talk about this to either like get around evolution or to get around playing an energy a turn right like or the ability to draw your entire deck like one of those three things right either i can yeah. skirt around evolution i can skirt around the energy rule or i can draw through my entire deck to find my pieces um and and uh, you know i'm not saying it's rock paper scissory at all but it does it does feel like in certain scenarios like you, you want to be able to do one of those three things more than the other um the, the deck that i've been playing the most of that wasn't like that you actually got was the the Arcanine EX deck. And I have found this deck to be really interesting and really enjoyable. I will say this. I, I've been really interested in the Lunatone Soul Rock, and I actually lost to it. Uh, so, but I think the one that I played against was playing Mewtwo V Union instead of Mewtwo V Max or V Star, uh, which is like they get these four pieces of Mewtwo that get discarded throughout the game, and then they summon this giant Mewtwo that is made up of four cards and it's like a leg, a leg, a head and an arm or whatever. And like it comes together to make like the Megazord Mewtwo and then absolutely obliterated me. Um, and that was kind of cool to watch him put the pieces together using some of these uh, cards, but the deck, this Arcanine deck has, was really fun. And I think one of the reasons is, is because it's, it's kind of like a self damage list. Uh, like you want to also discard cards you're using this magma basin that allows you to take cards uh, energies from your discard and apply them to creatures on your bench and whenever you do that you deal damage put damage counters on your own pokemon and uh it's a really cool uh, uh like stadium because 
unless your opponent is also playing fire, like they're not going to be able to make use of this. So it's like a, it's a stadium that can override your opponent's stadium and also usually only benefits you, which is really cool. And then when you pull those energy out, if you throw them on like your Moltres, your Moltres with just one energy on it, it has an attack that does 20, but it will deal 90 if you have damage counters on you. So if you pull damage, a one energy deal 90 your arcanine has like a big hit like for 250 but then for every 10 damage on him he deals additional 10 damage with his rage and claws ability and so i've been able to swing for you know he has 280 health if you have 240 damage you know he's swinging that attack for 270 and so like 270 is a lot of damage and so like the more damaged i get the more powerful i become and it's one of those uh those uh terastalized uh versions so he's kind of like crystally which i didn't really like but i appreciate that you can't see the hat in the artwork so no crystal <laughs> hat i can dig it if i saw the crystal hat i yeah. think i'd be against it um and it combines pretty well with your charizard and really your Charizard, you're trying to get one out evolved and he doubles the effectiveness of all of your fire energies, which is really, really cool because it's like a way to cheat the energy roll without cheating the energy roll, right? It just is doubling the effectiveness of the fire energies that you do have out. And then you're discarding them and pulling them and damaging your Pokemon. I found it to be really enjoyable. I thought it was a fun list. Once again, probably not strong and maybe there's a more optimal version than the one that you just get handed but was certainly fun if you if you're into sort of like the hearthstone warrior self-damage lists right or the patron lists or whatever um i found this this list to kind of play a little bit like that um i think one of the unique and interesting things is you have to be really careful which is your active pokemon because you can't actually use magma basin to move energies from your discard to your active pokemon it's only to your benched pokemon and that screwed me up a couple times. I completely forgot that rule. Uh, and I wish I would have remembered it. Um, so those are kind of our favorites. Oh, of, oh one, go ahead. One more, one more favorite that I forgot to mention. I, I can't believe I forgot. Um, I haven't dug too far into this, but uh, I played one or two games and it was neat. Uh, and there was a card that I really loved in it, which is, and I, I to my understanding from what Curry's told me, uh, it's apparently a, there's really strong versions of this list, but with a lot of variation, which is this Lost Zone uh, mm. Giratina deck that you get started with. Um, for, and, and I think it's what's really cool, and my favorite card in it is the Cramorant, which is just really neat to be able to uh, have this very easily achievable um, requirement in order to not have to put energy on the character to attack, which is really cool. Um, I so I just wanted to like, there's a lot that goes into that. A lot of like, you know, you're, you're, you're throwing things in the removed from game pile um, and, and filtering through your deck in the process. But, but just, there's a lot going on there and a lot of really fun little synergies, including like a ridiculous Sableye that can, you know, damage anything if you have enough of the cards in the lost zone. So it's just, yeah, it's really unique. Um, and it's and another deck that doesn't base... rely on like V or V max or E or EX or whatever as much. Like it can. I think the standard mm -hmm. one that you get gets the the V and V star Ghost Dragon. But a lot of the variants that I've seen in this deck rely more heavily on Cam uh, Cramorant, 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 and like uh, a and but with cramming things in its mouth. Oh, Cramorant. there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is a deck that does do a lot of drawing, of course. Like, it is 
it feels kind of like the Mew deck in the act. Although right now, Scoop Up Net, which is one of its key cards, is currently not usable. Uh, and I don't, I don't know why that is. Maybe it was just breaking something. Um, but yeah, so I, I agree. And I think that out of the decks, and I could be wrong, and we'll let Curry correct us here. I think out of the decks that they give you, the Guardavar EX and this uh, Giratina V-Star, which has a lot of the Lost Zone stuff, um, those are probably two of arguably like the strongest decks that they just hand you straight up when you get into the game. Um, but I might be wrong about that. So, Curry, give us your opinion of all of these standard decks that they gave you. Which ones did you delete? Which ones did you keep? Uh, which ones do you think are the strongest out of the ones they just hand you in the beginning of the game? So I know that I, I said that I deleted the Reggie Alecki deck. I mean, that that's half true. I did what you talked about before, Mark, and I just kind of modified it to make a Maridon list, hmm. which it's been interesting. I've actually got a couple different versions of it built, and it's just a very flexible deck that uses that Maridon as a setup engine, and then the Reggie Aleckis are a nice, like I said, a damage pump to whatever electric attackers you want to use. So like you mentioned, that Raikou V is very strong. I've got a version that's got uh, Magnazone V and V Star in it. And that Magnazone's been pretty cool because he's got an attack that allows you to drag a target from off of your opponent's bench. And it starts off, it only does a base of 40, but then for every single Reggie Alecki V Max you have on your bench, you're doing an additional 30 damage. So you can start hitting, you know, 70 damage to knock out the Cump Phase and those Lost Zone decks, or you do double damage to anything that's weak to electric. So you're knocking out a lot of basic non-V, non-EX Pokemon. And then you get to these higher numbers by having multiple copies of that Reggie Alecki out. Mm. And it's just, that's been a neat thing to work with. Um, I've also been playing the Gardevoir deck. Um, it's just ridiculously strong and it allows you to do a lot of very broken things. Being yeah, like, able to accelerate an unlimited yeah. number of energy is... That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. But looking at the rest of the ones that they give you without even considering the battle pass. Um, the Lost Zone deck's obviously very strong. I personally am a fan of Lunatone and Solrock, even though I'll like I'll be the first one to admit they are not the best cards in the world. And a lot of times they end up you'll have these very close games and you'll be a turn or an energy short of doing something that you need to do that gets you so close to beating even a lot of these top tier decks and sometimes the you know the stars align and you draw your cards in the right order the nice thing is that it doesn't need a ton of resources to get going once it's there like the maintenance cost is pretty low and hmm. that you've only need you know some basic pokemon you're not looking for evolutions a lot of times you don't need to attach a ton of extra energy from your hand because the soul rocks are constantly refueling you from your discard pile I think that this the deck was hurt more so by the rotation and the loss of scoop up net being able to reuse your soul rocks repeatedly. Ah, okay. So that deck actually used scoop up net as well, usually. Yeah, yeah. Because it, I mean, it functioned as a switching card. It also allowed you to use the same soul rock more than once. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It allows you to generate or uh you know run its ability to cheat mana and stuff multiple right. times exactly another one that i'm a big fan of even though again i don't think this deck is super great i like the origin form dialga v-star deck just because i think it's v-star attack is super cool in that it allows you to take two turns in a row 
that is really cool actually and, and that's just that a really neat thing deck. whenever you get it set up yeah i've lost i've lost to that deck where it like it just i i couldn't do anything about it it just uh it got the double turn and knocked out a couple of things pulled my pokemon in that it wanted and yeah yeah um i mean i think that none of us have mentioned it the superior v-star thing i think they just threw that in there so they had a grass deck it's not super seems, great I, think. I played it it seems pretty bad yeah grass is hurting right now but i mean that's it's a game that's got you know any game that's got multiple types or multiple factions something's got to be the weakest at some point and sure. you know there's a chance maybe this just isn't the right combination of cards maybe there is a better grass attacker out there a lot of times with the with the fact that this game has weakness mechanics in it where something is stronger against something that's something that kind of hurts the Karidon deck and what makes it you know not a great deck is that a lot of the stronger decks right now are psychic type decks so mm. Karidon's weak to it a lot of other fighting type attackers are weak to psychic and that's really what puts it on the back foot from the get-go more so than it just not being good because obviously Karidon's ability is really good being able to sure. pull two fighting energy out of your discard pile even though it ends your turn that's really strong but the problem is you do that and then whoever you attach it to either just dies if they're in your active or sometimes it gets pulled up by a boss's orders and then it gets knocked out and then you basically just waste the turn yeah yeah because someone just grabs your thing and with a, a weak psychic move just does double damage and with right. you and gardevoir being really popular right now would make it hard um if i so can, one of the go oh, go ahead one thing that like we i think next week will likely go into like our overall impressions of the mechanics and the actual playing of the game and trying to win and taking it you know seriously and competitively and i'm i'm waiting to levy my full uh amount of both um critiques and praise until whenever we cover that <clears throat> but if i can say the one thing that i think irritates me the most maybe uh about being able to play against these different um decks especially when you have a poor type matchup like curry was just saying is the retreat cost and um what my problem with it is that with energy being so prominently uh important what ends up happening is you if you put a big pokemon up front and you attack with it, and then your po opponent was likely just going to bring their next big thing up and attack with that and knock out your second thing, and all your energy gets gone, right? So unless you have an energy fueling system, you know, you, you, you basically are just going back and forth, like punch for punch until somebody takes enough prizes or uh, until somebody tricks it with, like, boss's orders. My issue comes from the idea that if you are playing and you're looking at it like, I see that if I use my Oinkalone to knock out their Crabominable, they're just going to bring Calyrex forward and bonk my Oinkalone on the face, and my Oinkalone's gone. Mm. Okay, right? So what I need to be able to do is trick this in such a way that I can, you know, remove their Calyrex first. Um, but he's never going to bring it forward until it can get a one-shot, you know, kill. The problem is, if you're playing any deck that doesn't have, like, infinite, um, like, uh, energy, you have to spend energy to retreat and rearrange things. 
which mm-hmm. if you go through that all that effort to try to put a blocker forward and play for a multi-turn setup and you're sort of playing the chess mindset of like if i do this then they're going to do this and so i need to change the nature of the change the dynamic uh by by putting a blocker forward or some chump pokemon right <clears throat> it's so easy to waste your own energy doing that because it's so easy to switch things so you're disincentivized to retreat which is a core component of what would make the game not be a linear back and forth punch fest so like my big complaint of of, of anything and, and i found myself going i don't like playing decks that have pokemon with high retreat costs um and i get that that's supposed to be a mechanic that you're balancing around but it it, it further increases the polarization of matchups so I really wish retreat cost was was instead of being discarding energy, which is so precious and so hard to get back sometimes, unless you're playing a deck that breaks it. I would be much more like keen on seeing a retreat cost be like discard X number of cards from your hand once per turn, uh, yeah. in order to to move it back and forth. I I that that's my biggest. Uh, I think overall, like in terms of deck building, like the thing that just makes me go, well, this feels stupid. Because I, I, if my, if I have a Pokemon with, the, if I'm trying to play any deck that doesn't have cheated out energy, mm-hmm. I, I basically have to, I have to be able to play something as up tempo as like Mew that can like fully bring out five things that hit like a truck on turn one. Otherwise, and are and is gonna win that back and forth bonk fest. Yeah, or having stuff like ways to cheat that retreat cost, right? Things like escape which, which rope then or scoop up net or you know whatever or switch. But but my yeah. point is, then you're diluting your deck even further, mm. right? With things that are not going to fuel your uh your energy requirements, with things that are not going to fuel you know your your uh, evolutions and make the so like the the game is so heavily obsessed with uh consistency on the your first two turns. That if you know you, you basically have to, and I and I think before the rotation there was a couple decks that like with things that reduced your retreat cost. I think the Zamazenta and Zashin decks had some items that re- reduced retreat cost and stuff like that. There was like, like a that. balloon. There was like a balloon. Yeah, I don't know if the yeah, balloon yeah, yeah. exists. Yeah. Does the balloon not exist yeah. anymore? Is it out of rotation, Curry? No, it was rotated. Okay, yeah. yeah, there's a there's a stadium now that reduces the retreat cost of basics by one, but there are no. I don't. As far as I'm aware, there are not currently any tool cards that let you do that like okay. we've had previously. It's just, you know, if especially with like the game moving towards uh from when I played it as a kid, you know, moving away from energy density in your deck to like very targeted, you're running no more than eight energy most of the time, eight to ten energy. Um and with that shift means you don't have energy on hand to just throw away. Mm-hmm um and and so the retreat cost is feeling very prohibitive uh right now interesting yeah i haven't really run into that but that does get us into a conversation around crafting cards right and about making our own decks and i think one of the things that i haven't one of the reasons i haven't run into that is i haven't tried to make my own deck yet and so i haven't had to figure out that mechanic and uh figure out how to work around it with what I wanted to build. But that was one of the things that we did want to get into building your own deck. What has our experience been in trying to build our own decks? Um, Why would you want to go about building your own deck? Yada, yada, yada. 
And then, uh, you know, we want Curry to shine in a little bit of light to say, hey, here's some things that you probably want to keep in mind uh, whenever you do get around to starting to, you know, building a big enough collection that you can kind of make your own deck. And so uh, I personally have not really gotten much into it yet because honestly, the the idea of it is a little bit overwhelming, right? Because I do have limited supplies of resources and I don't want to do the wrong thing. And it does feel as though, even if you wanted to go in and build a deck around, let's say I really wanted to play Hoopa, uh, I want to craft four of these Hoopa Vs and I want to get in there and, uh, and see if I can't make a good Hoopa deck. Well, there's a pretty good chance that it, it, it feels like in this game that the Pokemon cards that are playable and the ones that aren't playable are pretty night and day, right? It, it doesn't, it feels as though this game doesn't go out of its way to make every card have a viable deck that it could potentially fit into. I realize the card pool is massive. The game's been around forever. That's not possible, but it does seem as though the game pretty intentionally says, here are 10 EX cards that we're releasing in this set. And three of them are very clearly going to be good. And the other seven are probably going to be niche at best or are just going to be bad. But you're going to want them because you want to collect them. And we made them on a cool Pokemon. Um, and everyone wants that Pokemon. You know, like Tyranitar. Tyranitar is super cool. We're going to release Tyranitar V. Uh, Tyranitar V is probably not going to be any good. Uh, but we don't care. We don't care that Tyranitar V is no good because people love Tyranitar. And they're going to want the Tyranitar V with cool artwork. And so they're going to buy. So it's weird because it feels like some of the cards in this game are not actually made for the game. They're actually made for the collector because this game does so heavily seem to lean 50-50 um, between trying to be a genuinely competitive and cool game and trying to be a game where people want to collect the cards because they love the Pokemon that are featured on the cards. And, the, and to be fair, they've done a really good job of this. Like there are lots of Twitch streamers that just open up packs of cards and they don't play the game. They just collect the cards, right? They want to get all the cards in the set and they're excited to crack packs. And that's been like a really cool thing that people have done on Twitch. So I understand that they've actually done a really good job of that. Unlike any other trading card game where they've actually kept the trading card portion of it uh, viable, like as a, like you could collect the stuff. It's not just a game that people play. But as a person who's playing just the digital version, it does feel a little bit overwhelming because I don't want to craft a card just because I like it and then find out that what I crafted was total and complete trash. Um, but there are Pokemon that I really like. You know, I think that uh, I think maybe a good example of that is like the uh, the Scorpion Pokemon Drypon, Drypin. What is, how do you pronounce that? Drapion. Drapion? Uh, like Drapion V is a very good card and it is kind of like a niche card to put in to fight against, uh, the fusion strike decks. Right. Um, but Drapion V star, I've never seen play, <laughs> uh, because I don't know that Dra Drapion V star is any good. It's just Drapion V because it is like a silver bullet against new decks. So I have been a little overwhelmed at the idea of crafting a deck but I do really want to, like, I want to get in here and find a card that I really like. Like I would love to build an Umbreon deck. I think that the Gengar V and Gengar V max decks, like I think Gengar V max looks really cool. I'd love to play and make a Gengar V max, but I feel as though I don't know enough about the game and what's important in the crafting process 
to actually not just waste seven or eight thousand tokens, credits, whatever they are, credits, uh, and end up making a deck that is total and complete crap and can never win a game. Uh, and so that's what's been overwhelming for me. DBN, I know you've done a little bit more of crafting before we have Curry set us straight and tell us what we need to be thinking about when we're making our decks. You want to tell us a little bit about your foray into the hard, the deck building game? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's it's not really that I built something wholly original. Um, Curry sent over a, uh, a, a cool sort of Google Drive with a ton of deck lists, um, <clears throat> one of which uh like there was like three or four lists for an oinkalone deck now that's uh a fun little piggy pokemon which uh i i happen to really like uh the evolved form of lechonk from uh scarlet violet and so I, and i had actually pulled one or two of them r- fully randomly and i was like oh i already have a couple of these guys um you know from the from the packs you get from the um you know the season starting and all and the uh battle pass so I was like, yeah, let me let me do that. It's new. It's you know, it's it seems pretty fun. There's a neat little uh component to to uh you know Oink alone where he's very, very tanky. He's got like a solid like 260 health, which means he'll absorb like what appears to be the average of like two like two hundred to two fifty appears to be the average amount of you know damage from these big old V Pokemon when they when they hit you. Um and uh, more than that, it's got some some neat abilities to like he's got a single uh, energy hit that does extra damage based on the number of benched Pokemon. So um, it just felt accessible. And it seemed that the list that I saw from from Curry appeared to be focused on countering V Pokemon uh, mm. because there's a lot of uh, there's a, a really cool special energy that when you equip it reduces the amount of damage the pokemon takes from uh v attacks v or v pokemon attacks uh now i imagine this would probably be stronger in the last meta where ex didn't seem to be around very much and was almost all v pokemon but now that's the pool is like diluted between v star v and v star pokemon and then ex pokemon which this stuff unfortunately does nothing against but because i kept playing against a stupid mew v deck I said, fine, I'm going to make this a uh, pig deck and it's going to be uh, cute and fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I haven't had a lot of success with it yet. Um, partly because as soon as I built it, I immediately started running into Coridon decks, which are mm. fighting and which stomp all the normal Pokemon. So that was a bummer. Uh, I did manage to defeat a Calyrex uh, sort of water ice deck. Um I think the my opponent misplayed, which is why I won. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, we, so we take those. We don't discount those. You know? We'll take it. Uh, what's interesting about it, though, is um, – and my issue I've been having with it is that I've actually done a lot of tinkering with it because, you know, if the three different lists that, uh, that were in that Google Drive um, had a lot of very different approaches, especially in the supporters and item slots as well as which Radiant Pokemon uh, – was selected to go into it um and so i and and as well as some of the like sort of supplementary like basic pokemon that appear to like sort of flesh out the you know hey i've already i've always got something on my bench you Mm -hmm. know um that i can slot forward what i had a hard time with of course was like when i first started playing i was like wow there are way too many of these supporters in here 
I, I keep breaking my hand with it or, you know, okay, I'm my hand weirdly. I got, I got, I didn't have enough energy because some of my energy accidentally got dumped. Or as soon as my oinkalone, my first oinkalone drops, I run out of energy and I can't do anything else. So what's been, uh, I don't even want to say fun, but what's been a, an interesting challenge has been trying to tinker with the numbers on, especially the supporters and the item side in order to increase the consistency of the deck and try to mask some of the inherent issues with uh, running a deck that doesn't have free energy outside of the turbo energy card, which allows you to get two colorless energy. Um, it, it's been, it's been hard to, I can start, I can come out swinging pretty, pretty well. And then I struggle to close games out uh, unless I'm facing a V deck where I can shut everything down with like, was it path to the peak or something like that, which blanks rule boxes or blanks abilities. Yes. For yeah, I don't love Pokemon. playing against that card from you deck. <laughs> well, that's the cool. Yeah. Well, that's the great part is that Oinklone doesn't have an ability, so he can like use that with no downside, even though he's mm. an EX Pokemon. Uh, and then you know, running. Oh, and I have the other part of the reason I I got it or I I craft this one is it uses uh Bidoof and Bibarel, which are have always been goofy fun Pokemon that I have enjoyed. Uh, and so yeah, it's been interesting. But the challenge, of course, is like. I'm not that great at the game yet. Um, and so learning the, this is definitely a tougher deck to pilot than some of these other ones that are starter decks and uh, trying to figure out the sort of the multi-turn steps that I need to be taking and, and stuff like that, as well as refining the numbers so that I can reduce the amount of times I inadvertently brick my hand. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm looking at Oinkaloin now and uh yeah, I think it, it's a it's a super fun looking Pokemon, and I think would be would be really cool to kind of get out and play and and check out. You know, out of those decks that Curry sent me, the one that caught my attention was the Spider Ops list. That interestingly enough, Spider Ops increases the retreat cost of your opponent's Pokemon when it's sitting on your bench, and then Leafeon oh, yeah. does extra damage according to how high your retreat cost is. Oh, that's and so, cool. Its whole point is Spider Ops traps them and then Leap Eon blasts them. And I think that actually sounds really fun. And, you yeah. know, Curry said, probably not that great. It's kind of niche. But I do want to play it because I think the Leap Eon V and V Max and V Star cards are cool. And I got, I cracked one, right? Like, I cracked a really right, cool right, one. Right, right, right. Well, that's um, the thing that makes it, you know, like, oh, I want to play Oinklone because I pulled a couple already and they're cool. And I want to yeah. try that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Okay, uh, Curry, give us... Give us the 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 deets, man. Give set us straight. Tell us what we need to know if we're going in and we're trying to get into the deck building game. It's overwhelming. There's a lot of cards in it. It's unsure of which ones are good and which ones aren't. What should we be keeping in mind when we're building a deck? What does every good Pokemon TCG deck have in it? Um, I think the most important thing when you're starting is you need to know what you're trying to do. So the first thing you need to know is what is meta right now? Because you need to know if a concept that you're going for, if a card you're going for is going to be successful, like using this Oink alone as an example, if Karaidon EX was the best deck in the game, and I know I'm going to queue into it 30-40% of the time, I probably want to put this back on the shelf and not bring it out right now. It might, like, It's a fine concept, and I've lost multiple games to Oink alone this week. Um, but if it's not good into a given metagame, 
then you may not want to pursue it. But I think an interesting thing and the nice thing about it, about the game as a whole, is a lot of times, even though something may not be the best deck or may not be an optimal choice, it can still be a viable deck because there are so many different things that you may come across when you're playing that you could have a good matchup into five or six of the nine decks you come across, a mediocre matchup into two of them, and then an auto loss against one of them. And yeah, it's unfortunate when you queue into that one out of nine three times in a row, but you still could have success otherwise. And sometimes there is outplay potential, especially in a format right now where this is like, this format's only going to get bigger as more sets are released. It's only going to add more cards. Decks are going to become more refined, more consistent. And a lot of times, you know, as the sets get released throughout the year, they release stronger cards. They either introduce new archetypes or they power up older ones. And I think that you want to just try to make your deck as consistent as possible. So putting in search cards, like don't ignore your trainer cards. Those are very important. You also don't want to add too many energy. Like DBN said, there can be decks. I've seen decks that have as few as four, five energy cards in the current format, and they're still successful. It might but be a deck I has know, four. Yeah. It has four energy in the whole deck. Using like the Maridon deck list as an example, I have 13 energies in one of my lists and 14 in the other one. And the whole point there is trying to maximize the odds that electric generator is going to hit two lightning energy when I use it mm-hmm. without bricking the rest of the deck out and drawing just drawing a hand that has six energy cards in it. Um, but I think that the cool thing is you can open your collection, try to find something you like if it's if it looks like it could be successful into something that you have been playing against, go ahead and try to build a deck for it. There are a lot of, I know in the Discord, I've linked several resources, whether they're YouTube channels that do deck profiles and play games on TCG Live. There's the competitive online community website that's LimitlessTCG.com that's got deck lists from tournaments all over the world in it and deck lists from weekly online tournaments that they run. So there's there's definitely resources out there to see, hey, maybe someone else has had this idea and they've been successful with it. But I think the cool thing is being able to go out and try to just be successful yourself, and that's it. it is possible. You'll see decks that pop up that are specifically designed because I don't want to lose to Mew. So I'm going to put two Drapey on Vs in my deck and win that matchup every single time. Mm. It's just something you just have to keep in mind. What are you trying to accomplish? So if we go back and look at Oinkalone as an example, a lot of times they'll play these defensive cards like the V-Guard Energy or the Full Face Guard to try to reduce incoming damage and then take advantage of supporters like Charon's Care which lets you pick up a colorless Pokemon and all cards attached to it. So you just erase all the damage they did to your big, beefy, tanky pig. And then you just push up another one, evolve it, and start over again. And it's able to do that, even though it can't accelerate energy, because it has that one energy attack and is able to be successful that way. So the, the whole game plan here is not, I'm going to put a ton of energy out and blow something up. It's trying to play the long game and trying to put your opponent in a position where you're playing more of an attrition game essentially where you play path to the peak to shut off the Gardevoir ex ability the maridon ex the regieleki v max you shut off all these very powerful rule box pokemon abilities and then you knock something out and you try to put your opponent in a position where maybe they can't recover from it if they don't have a stadium to answer your stadium that exact turn that may give you the turn you need to get ahead and then win the game that way 
And that's when you have to keep in mind, okay, so now I'm building a rule box deck. I know Path to the Peak exists. There are decks out there that play four of them. I need to make sure I play ace, at least some number of stadium cards or a way to remove them. So it's really a, knowledge, a matter of knowing what do other decks in the metagame look like when you're looking to build yours. That's a lot great. of times it's hard. You can't just look at your collection and just throw random cards in. It's probably not going to work. Yeah, you need to go in with a strategy, which I think anybody who's an avid card game player is used to. But I think in this game, the temptation is like, oh, I want to play these three different VMAX cards, or I want to do these three different cool things. And um, it it does feel a lot more, at least in this case, where you need a very clear game plan. Like, this is what I'm going to try to do to win. This is exactly how I'm going to win. And I'm going to put all of my other cards around to support that, right? The other two Pokemon that I choose to put in this deck, you're not going to put five or 10 different Pokemon in your deck, right? You're probably going to have two or three different Pokemon with their evolutions. And you're going to gear all of it around. Like, And, and, I, and you said this before we were recording. I, I think it bears repeating. And then we'll close up the episode because we've been going for a while. But I, I think it is important to look at and ask yourself, what aspect of this game is my deck breaking, right? Is it, we draw one card a turn, am I breaking that by getting Bidoof in my deck and evolving him and getting, filling my hand up to five once a turn? Am I uh, breaking the game with energies so I'm able to actually generate a lot more energy on a turn than what I was before? Am I breaking the game using rare candies to skip the second phase of evolution so on turn two I can get that tier three Pokemon out because I'm not playing the EX or the V or the V Max with, you know, already evolved up, uh, you know, V style Pokemon. And I think that there is an interesting conversation there because I think you are really, when you're making a deck, you're saying, okay, what rule am I with this particular deck trying to exploit or what deck am I trying to exploit? Because I think you can go either of those angles in deck making here. Like, I'm trying to exploit the fact that there's a lot of new decks in the meta. I'm going to go with this Oinkalone deck, right, that isn't going to be hurt by the stadium that I put out. Or I'm going to say, hmm, this card really allows me to break the rule of getting basic Pokemon from my deck, so I'm going to play this Maridon deck because it allows me to search for my electric basics and get them on my board and fill my board and then power up my Pokemon doing that a lot faster um, if I quoted the right Pokemon there. But you kind of get the point. So yeah, there's good. things there's things that allow you to sort of break the game. Um, and I think that is a really important thing to keep in mind whenever you're making your deck. Uh, would you agree with that or have any comment or thought on that? No, I think that that is exactly it. I mean, I know, like you said, I mentioned it before the show, and it definitely bears repeating. Though that is the exact right way to approach it. You need to either be doing something extremely well or stopping your opponent from doing something extremely well. And you just need to know which way you're going to approach it from the get-go. You can't kind of hope to just play it, plan that out after a game starts. You need to start that in your deck-building process. Awesome. No, that is super helpful. And I will say this. Next week when we come back, I'm going to have the, Sci the Spidey Ops, Spide Ops, uh, Leaf Eon deck crafted. I'm playing the freaking crap out of that this week. I've made up my mind. I'm going to even spend some coins to get a cool looking deck box um, <laughs> because uh, we're, we're, we're going to try to bling it out. We're going to try to bling it out <laughs> a little bit uh, for sure. 
So uh, in closing, DB, do you have any, any closing thoughts or anything that you want to add to the conversation? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, next week we'll be talking, I think, a lot more about like in-depth gameplay, really sort of uh, uh, diving into evaluating what does it feel like uh, to play the game, like some of the more complex interactions and rule box stuff. Um, you know, and, and I think I have a lot, I've been accumulating a lot of thoughts and, and they've been shifting. So I'm glad that we didn't just go off of first impressions because uh, my opinions about this game are complex. There's some really neat things going on, especially when it comes to deck building. And I think like the more I've been thinking about this, the more I've become convinced that like, um, you know, and and Curry, correct me if I'm wrong here. When it comes to deck building, I feel like the secret sauce really has very little to do with the Pokemon and much more to do with the pool of supporters uh, and item cards, which seem to be the main driver of uh, effectiveness, right? Like, does can you... Like, I feel like almost every Pokemon, now there's a lot of burner Pokemon and, and pack filler crap, but like almost every Pokemon has a concept that seems viable. The question is, does the like metas or the rotations allotment of trainer cards support that? Uh, and can they effectively help you find those pieces that you need? So, um, you know, again, I feel like one of the things that's helped me is just searching through the uh the card filters to find all of the different trainers and just go through and read the trainer cards it's been really helpful for me because i get a cleaner understanding of like what are the things that this game is encouraging you to do what are the things that uh the, the individual cards that allow you to get specific synergies um and over time you start noticing trends of like it really doesn't like you to just like you know net draw a million cards on your on your turn okay so then you can go back and look at the pokemon and say well this uh, oh there's a lot of ways to discard cards what can capitalize like karidon on discarding cards well great sweet um so the trainers have felt like and, and i don't think i went into it the game with this impression um the trainers have really been the key to understanding the game deeper so that would i guess be my advice to a new player like yeah, you can read all the Pokemon, but a lot of the cards are kind of pointless until you understand the sort of cards in the trainer pool that will enable them. Yeah, yeah that's that's very true. I think that, um, I know I mentioned earlier that Quick Ball rotated. Like, if you, you can look at something that's very powerful, like Lumineon V, that lets you play it to search your deck for a supporter card. Mm -hmm. And it was a staple, um, at least one of, a lot of times two of, index prior to rotation and most decks have completely dropped the card now because it is not as easily accessible because the four of quick ball search card is no longer legal and the current basic searching card which is either nest ball or battle vip pass both put those cards directly on your bench instead of mm -hmm. searching for them to put it into your hand so you cannot activate that ability so like you said knowing what trainers are out there I mean, you know, you have things like the gutsy pickaxe to accelerate fighting energy. Okay, maybe I can explore fighting as a concept now. Electric generator accelerates electric energy. Mark mentioned magma basin. You have these very powerful trainer effects that say, okay, I'm going to go look at this type of card now and be able to build a deck off of that. Hmm. 
I think that's really interesting to take a look at the trainer cards that exist and like what would go into your deck being a really important part of building your deck, I think is a really interesting concept. Um, I really like that. Now I just need something to generate more grass energy for this Leafeon Spite Ops deck. Uh, let's go. Um, <laughs> there is a stadium, I think, that makes retreating cost one more. So um, maybe there, yes. maybe, yeah, maybe I'll be putting that in the deck and added that in so well guys i i hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode it's been a really interesting adventure through pokemon tcg i feel like it's unlike any other tcg that i've played and the fact that it gives you so much stuff and it is it 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 just feels so different like the client feels different the game feels different than any other and i if anything else that is both simultaneously like frustrating and refreshing (laughs) uh in both which is a really interesting thing and honestly what i love about this is i feel like my opinions have changed but i love how much db and yours have like it just feels like this has been like you had like a preconceived idea of what this experience was going to be like and that has shifted and changed as we have played over the past couple of weeks and i feel like the things that you thought you weren't going to like are completely different than the things that you don't like and the things you thought you were going to like or even different than the things that you thought you were going to like i think that's so interesting yeah it's very true um, very, very and true. i think it does speak to really the complexity and the nuance of this game that at face value doesn't really look like is going to be there but as you play it is and it's even more interesting to see what problems have come up in this game over the 20 years of its existence um and you can kind of see what could get out of hand with any game that's existed this long any other digital card game that we're going to talk about outside of magic is literally not going to have that type of history. Um, and the unique problems that come about with that type of history. And I think that's something that we'll talk about as well as we move further in the discussion around Pokemon TCG. That's going to do it for this episode though, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Go and join us in discord. If you're enjoying the content, as we explore different games throughout the course of 2023, head on over to Patreon and consider supporting, you know, a nickel goes a long way. Well, a nickel doesn't go anywhere, but, a nickel is helpful because it means that you believe in us and we appreciate that. Um, so consider going over there, throw a, throw a quarter an episode, a buck a month, uh, you know, is, is helpful and it means a lot to us and we really appreciate it. Um, other than that, join the discord and check out uh, some of the stuff that Curry has posted there. So you can get the, uh, the pro approach to the game uh, and get an idea about maybe, you know, what, uh, what deck you want to build and what you want to experiment with. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legends Cast. You can join our podcast community by joining Discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camplegend. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the Camp Legend Podcast Network. <laughs>